Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we're coming to you in a rare midweek podcast. Normally we tape these during the weekends. Um, We had a lot going on this weekend. Bonnie was under the weather, no pun intended. Um, (laughs) I was slammed trying to unpack and apply for jobs and all that fun stuff. And so we just made the decision we'd rather have both of us on the podcast. So we waited. So Bonnie's healthy. I'm unpacked. Life is good. We're off and running. And honestly, I'm kind of glad that we did wait because last week was boring, but man, this weekend made up for any, any boring weather that we've seen lately. For real, things really got heated over the weekend everywhere in the plains and the tropics everywhere. So yay, go weather. Right. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, Obviously the big story is what happened Sunday down in Texas and then expanded out into Oklahoma and other parts of the deep plains and we'll get to that here but specifically let's talk about what happened in dallas on sunday just northwest of dallas was a tornadic supercell formed and put down a long track high intensity tornado that moved through heavily populated neighborhoods and crossed heavily traveled freeways bonnie uh jeff patowski was on this the weather channel was on this anybody that was connected with severe storms was on this storm and i will tell you this the videos and the pictures and the live streams were absolutely fantastic. Oh, they were. They were incredible. And and it was so scary because some of that streaming, you couldn't see the tornado at all, but you knew it was there. and Debris was falling out of the sky, but you just couldn't see it. And it's just going through through Dallas, which a zillion people live in Dallas. Yeah, it's, so. it, it's not like you're, you know, rural Kansas, Oklahoma, you know, far west Texas cornfield. This is a one of the major metropolitan cities of the United States. Right. Right. And I, I messaged a couple of people that I know that live down there. I was like, hey, y'all doing good? You watching the TV? And they're like, no, what's going on? I'm like, oh, just tornado going through the area. Like, no big deal. Plus, one to your south. Like, not a big deal at all. Like, maybe you should be watching the TV. I don't know. Right. And, you know, Jeff Patowski, who we've talked about on this show a lot, and those of you that uh, are on Weather Twitter and follow Severe Storms, you know the name, you know the man. This guy was next level freaking out while chasing, but man, it was awesome to watch. He's pulling over on uh, the top of, you know, bridges. He's pulling off of uh, on and off ramps on the freeway and he's just screaming, look, the tornado's over to my east or west or whatever direction he was pointed. And occasionally you'd get that classic backlit lightning strike uh-huh. picture, which would show the, the tornado. And you're just like, oh, man, this is not good. Well, and I think his excitement came from being in a major metropolitan city and not just, you know, driving straight country yeah. roads and things like that. So it was a lot of bobbing and weaving and hitting traffic lights and things like that. And there was a lot of people on the road in certain parts of his streaming. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? I mean, he's on the road, but I mean, it's different. Right. And, you know, we but, know that there was the EAS activation. We know that people's cell phones were going off. And I want to get into this here because I think it's important before we kind of talk about what the storm actually did. So uh-huh. we covered in our most important episode 
last or earlier this year when we were in the middle of National uh, Weather Podcast Month, which, by the way, Bonnie, that's coming up in four months. Just, just I so swear you know, we were just in that month. Yes, we like, were. We were, were just, we were just in February. We're, we're now just four months away. But we talked about the importance of understanding, you know, the alerts on your phone, the ability to disseminate information when needed. And, you know, if you're a football fan, you knew Sunday night the Philadelphia Eagles and the uh, Dallas Cowboys were playing the Sunday night game on NBC from Dallas. At Jerry World in Arlington, and, you know, it was a big deal. The entire nation tuned in for this. Well, when this tornado warning popped, you know, everybody's like, tornado in Dallas. So everybody's thought is, how close is it to the stadium? So you pull open the map, and you see that, okay, Arlington is equal distance, most likely between Fort Worth and Dallas. Uh And if you've been to, you know, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, it's a lot of people over a large portion of land it takes a little bit of time to go from dallas to fort worth and so when you looked at the radar and you looked at where this tornado was it realized it was just to the northwest of the stadium it didn't miss it by much i mean parts of the thunderstorm did come over jerry world and you know then it put down the tornado and started all that action sunday night but bonnie it took the nbc affiliate which was airing the game six minutes to break into coverage Man, that is terrible. And I get it. I get it. The whole country's watching and it's only happened in one city out of the whole country. But you know what? There's a lot of people in that stadium, number one, and there's a lot of people in that city, number two. So, I don't know. Unacceptable in my book. Football does not come above people's lives. But you know what? whatever. <laughs> and and we've talked about this with golf fans complaining about, you know, severe storms, you know, interrupting the Masters or any golf event for that matter. You know, because AT&T Stadium in Arlington is indoors, it's a safe spot for people so they can continue a game despite having a thunderstorm outside. Obviously, we get that. But when you have a responsibility to your broadcast area to let them know of a storm, and this wasn't just a severe thunderstorm. Yes, we get those in Dallas all the time. We get them in Oklahoma City all the time. Kansas City, Chicago, Detroit, Nashville. Any other city that has an NFL franchise deals with severe thunderstorms. Obviously, different places have different protocols. Nashville, Chicago are outside. Okay, Oklahoma yeah. City is an outdoor venue for the University of Oklahoma. Tulsa, same yeah. thing. Kansas City, also open air but they get it, so they understand these things. But when you delay going on air to interrupt a football game for six minutes, we know that we've talked about this at a lot, and if you know anything about weather and severe weather especially, tornadoes are usually quick hitting. They, yeah. They form, they pop down, they do some damage, and then they dissipate, and they're gone. Okay, I get that. A hundred tornadoes have formed within the six-minute window that they waited and have dissipated. However... And we will get to this in a minute. This was a long track tornado. Earlier, yeah. earlier today, so we're looking at this, or sorry, yesterday afternoon, NBC5, Dallas-Fort Worth, KXAS-TV issued a statement regarding their weather coverage uh, with the tornado going through <clears throat> north parts of Dallas. And I quote, During Sunday night's Dallas Cowboys game, we made a mistake by not immediately interrupting the football game with a tornado warning. Although our meteorologists were tracking thunderstorms across the area when the National Weather Service issued a tornado warning for Dallas County, we delayed breaking into programming for six minutes. 
Our meteorologists were also streaming live coverage throughout the evening on our site, NBCDFW.com, while we also alerted football audience to our weather live stream throughout the game. When it comes to dealing with severe weather, we know that seconds matter. We should have broken into football programming sooner. We apologize and want you to know that we're doing everything in our power to make sure this does not happen again. We look forward to regaining the trust of anyone who we may have disappointed. Okay, well, good luck regaining that trust. That's going to take some time. Right. And like you said, six minutes is huge when it comes to a tornado. By the time you've warned someone, it could have already come and gone in their backyard. Yep. And, you know, and we'll get to this right now. The National Weather Service, when they sent out their survey team, rated this an EF3. Winds topping out at an estimated speed of 140 miles an hour. Wow. This tornado was on the ground for roughly 32 minutes. Wow. Okay. That's a wow. long, it's a long track, long duration tornado. Yeah. Okay. 32 minutes. Think about that. Okay. Six minutes of that is roughly what? One sixth of that time. Yeah. Just about. Okay. Long track. It's going through a heavily populated neighborhood. It is crossing freeways that are traveled by hundreds of thousands of vehicles at any given point. And you waited six minutes. Because you didn't want to interrupt the football game. Now, again. Well, and that would have been a great time because there's a lot of people watching that football game. And you know what? If they're watching that football game, they're not watching anything else. Right. And, I'm, and, I, and I get it. If you go through and you look at the Twitter comments, people are like, well, just look at my phone. Or I switch to another station. That's great. You have that ability to make that choice. However, when the TV station's sole purpose, and they even have it in writing that they have been issued a license to broadcast for the best outcome of the public. It is their job and every broadcaster's job to put public awareness first and foremost. And I will say this. I love that that letter was sent out. I think, you know, they are trying to at least make early amends. But Bonnie, that letter is unsigned. It does not say station management. It does not say chief meteorologist. It does not say news director, general manager, station owner, NBC overall. It's unsigned. Wow. That, that is nothing more than a, oh, I'm sorry, we messed up. Yeah, this is just a obligation apology letter. It's not sincere, genuine. Yeah, exactly. Good and- job. Yep, and you go through, you read the comments, you're like, well, I'm going to go watch WFAA, or I'm going to go, and you know, that's great. You do what you want, but it's a football game, okay? If that had gone through the neighborhood of, say, where the news director lived, and his wife was at home. Yeah. You think they would wait six minutes? No. Well, and it's sad that that's the kind of stuff that takes, that makes them take action would be that sort of scenario. Sure. Instead of just people's lives in general and it's it's just sad it's just sad and that just shows you where priorities are it's money it's public demand and that's just sad it's sad where our hearts are with you dallas it's true it is true and you know it wasn't just that tornado later on a second tornado formed uh east of dallas in rolette texas written ef1 winds estimated 100 miles an hour and these storms were obviously part of a bigger complex that stretched from Oklahoma and Texas into Arkansas, Louisiana, Tennessee, and Missouri. According to SPC, 18 tornadoes were reported on Sunday. Wow. And the majority of these were after the sun went down. Yeah, I was just going to say, those were all at night. Yep. Almost all of them. Yep. yep. And, you know, it's just... 
as you said, our hearts go out to everybody that's being affected with it. Um, if you go check out our, our Twitter page at weather podcast, um, Damon Lane from Coco TV had tweeted this out and we retweeted <laughs> it. Um, you can actually see the tornado scar. Some guy flying from yes. Houston to Tulsa uh, flew over Dallas and you can see where the tornado went through. And again, long track tornado, high intensity. EF3 is nothing to be laughed at. And I know there's some debate going on in the Twitter weather community about, well, it was a high end EF2, low end EF3. It doesn't matter. It destroyed enough that they rated an EF3. Yeah. Yep. It hit enough structures like overpasses and buildings to get that rating. And that's a big deal. Did you see the picture where it picked up one of those shipping containers and threw it on top of a house? No, I didn't see that picture. Yeah. I believe that's also on the weather podcast page. If not, I'll go find it and retweet it there, but it picked up one of those shipping containers and threw it on top of a house. Wow. So you tell me what was more important. Watching the Dallas Cowboys continue to kick the teeth in of the Philadelphia Eagles, which they did, or being warned of a tornado that was churning through a populated area. At night. At night. Where you couldn't just look out the window. Okay, it's not going to affect me. I can go away. And I know everybody's saying, well, you could just pick up the remote and change the channel. That's great. But the fact is that you But if you don't know what's happening, then how are you going to change the channel? Right. And listen, I get it. I've worked in TV. I've worked in radio. I understand. Yes, you have a lower third crawl. Yes, you can break in at any time. Yes, you can do a split screen, which at at, at absolute most, at, I'm sorry, at absolute least, they should have done a split screen as soon oh, as the yeah. tornado warning went. And you don't, you don't even have to have the guy on TV. You can literally have him off camera just saying, folks, here's what is happening in Dallas County. There is a confirmed tornado on the ground. Here's the radar. Here's the debris ball. Again, if you have not seen the debris ball, again, check out Weather Podcast. You and I both retweeted it on our personal accounts. You can see the debris ball as this thing is clo- uh, crossing near Love Field. In probably one of the best, actually, debris signatures I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's because it was hitting a major city. Right. So it had a lot of debris for radar to pick up. And the fact that they just waited, and I don't want to harp on the Dallas affiliate and NBC because they do a lot of really good stuff, especially their weather coverage. They have some of the coolest toys in the business. But, man, you guys just missed an opportunity to do the right thing. And I get it. Six minutes later, you did. But the fact was, it was six minutes later. Yeah. Yep. This will just be another example in different emergency management classes across the country. So, I mean, good job, NBC, for making yourself one of the statistics. But, you know. You you Listen, you want to be a case study when it's a good case study. You don't want right. to be made an example of when it's a bad case study. Right. Like right up there with that Indiana concert at that fair. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Indiana State Fair where the stage collapsed and the band Perry yep. was on stage. And yeah, I mean, we could we can go through. I mean, Kevin, you know, Kevin Kleisel from Oklahoma. That's his thing. You know, I'm sure he, yep. you know, would hop on that and, you know, chat about this as well. But make yourself an example when it's the good thing to do, not right. when you become the butt of the joke. Right. But hey, what's done is done. Right. So hopefully you learn from your mistakes. Right. And again, I guarantee it. Dallas, you're in Tornado Alley. You're going to have a chance to redeem yourself. So I hope yeah. you guys have a sit down with the news directors, your producers, your executive producers, and your meteorologists and figure out a real good game plan. Because listen, yep. 
Tornadoes happen in football season. It is the fall. It's the second chase season. Come up with a plan. Stick with it. Yes, you're going to have people that are upset. But I'd rather have somebody upset who missed a little bit of a game versus somebody upset because they didn't see the warning and their house is destroyed. Right. And you know what? I think split screen was a brilliant idea because that would give the people who need it the warning and that would give the rest of the country still able to watch the game. So everybody's happy, maybe not 100% happy, but everybody gets what they need to get. And there you go. Right. And personally, I was waiting for the NBC national broadcast to say something. They never did. And, you know, again, maybe it was because they didn't want to incite any panic. But it's kind of like, you know, kind of wish they had said something. But, you know, say lovey. That was Sunday. Again, 18 tornadoes across, you know, the deep plains and then kind of up toward the, you know, the Missouri River Valley. And, hey, again, second chase season, it's fall, tornadoes form. And we're not out of this yet. Soon, but not yet. Yeah. Well, and I do want to say kudos to whoever decided to make the stadium closed. Right. You know, that was a good call because that would have been an even bigger catastrophe to have to move however many people that stadium holds, which I can only assume is like 100,000. Like, where do you even put those people? Yeah, so. you, you don't. You don't. Um, and, you know, we saw a bunch uh, the last couple of weeks with college football with open-air stadiums where you were in lightning delays and you've had to move, say, 100,000 people, put them in concourses, you put them in different places. Um, you know, and you're th- all just standing there like sardines, like oh, yeah. waiting. You, you, and you can't move anywhere. Um, you know, the only example that I can come up with personally that I could – you know, put myself in that situation. So Garth Brooks played the University of Oregon this past summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, I want to say there was like 75 to 80,000 people there. Austin Stadium's attendance record for a college football game is just about 60,000 people. Right. Okay. It's a large number. It's not, you know, the big house, um, you know, the largest stadium on the University of Michigan campus. It's not, you know, Gaylord Memorial, Oklahoma, where you get, you know, close to 100,000 people. By the way, shout out to the Roughnecks and the girl that were on the Sooner Schooner when that thing flipped and got tossed to the ground. They are doing okay. Um, that was crazy. That, that was, was nuts. That was crazy, and it's happened before, and I hate to say it, it'll probably happen again, but what, when you turn too tight and you have horses pulling you, Things are going to happen, and sure enough, the, the schooner got dumped onto the field, and that girl went flying, and thankfully she's okay. Like flying. Like, she flew and tumbled and everything. Oh, yeah. She, so. hit, she hit the ground and rolled, and I guarantee you that did not feel good. No. No. I mean, turf does not feel good. No, it does not. But we're glad they're happy, or we're glad they're safe and uninjured. But, man, that was just intense. But you're right. I mean, so back to Garth at in Eugene. Okay, there were 100,000 people there for the concert. They were packed all along the concourse waiting for food and beer. And I've been to hundreds of games at Austin Stadium. I covered the Ducks for you know 12 years, 13 years. And I've walked around that stadium when there are 60,000 people. And you can get around fairly efficiently even if everybody is still on the concourse. But with that many people, you're right, you are packed in like sardines. And it's one, it's pretty unsafe. And two, if you did get lightning that somehow struck the concourse or an area near the concourse, you'd have a lot of people hurt. Well, and I mean, that's a lot of people to move quickly. Yeah, and you can't. I'm just going to tell you this right now. You cannot do that. You cannot no. move them all to their cars. You cannot all move them to tunnels or other areas. You, you just can't. 
There's only no. there's only X amount of space for X amount of people. Well, and definitely in a tornado type situation, you don't want to move them to their cars. But even if you did, there's just that. I'm just glad the Dallas stadium was closed. Right. That's all. You know what I mean? And they really all need to be. I mean, that would cut back on issues with snow, rain, lightning, and all of it. But, you know, what What do I know? Right. I'm, I'm a girl. I don't know anything about football stadiums. Well, it's not that. It's just, you know, some places have tradition, right? You're never going to be able to get a, you know, covered stadium in Green Bay. It's never going to happen. Yeah. You're never going to well, get... Well, it might be more efficient as far as, like, heating and cooling, I suppose. Right, because you don't have to pay a bill. You just play in whatever the conditions give you. Yeah. So it's tough. Um, you know, I think that the Cowboys did the right thing. And again, thankfully, this was not close to Arlington when it was on the ground. But had it been, uh, it would have been a probably a different story. Yeah. So but we go from that to the tropics. And, you know, the tropics have been kind of back and forth. And Bonnie, um, I'm just going to say right now, you owe me ten dollars. I know. <laughs> Glad there's no interest on that because I right. still have a cash app to you, but I haven't forgotten. It's all good. <laughs> you take your time. I know where you are. If I ever have, if I'm really hard up for ten bucks, I'll be like, "Hey, Bonnie, I need that ten bucks, please." Um, <laughs> the tropics last week were relatively active. Um, Tropical storm Melissa was dying out as it moved into the Atlantic. Uh, it, she really pounded the northeast with heavy winds and rain. The Weather Channel did a bunch of live coverage um, up around Boston. Uh, it was impressive to see the waves that, you know, just this basic little tropical storm was putting out. And this thing was impressive for a minute and then eventually moved out to sea. Tropical Storm 15 came and went as it as a wave off the African coast. It affected the Azores. No war- warnings or watches were ever issued for it. But then, Bonnie, we had Tropical Storm Nestor, which won me my bet. There's our two storms. I said we'd have more than two. We had Melissa and Nestor. Um, and this thing formed in the Gulf of Mexico, came ashore in the Florida Panhandle with tropical storm warnings. Nestor lasted for three days, but uh, enough, like I said, to win the bet. But Nestor was really interesting to watch because most of the energy on the storm was on the right side of the storm. It never really got symmetrical. Um, some people that I've talked to even debated calling it a tropical storm. Uh, others thought it was more just a tropical wave or a depression. But yeah. they named it, and they had tropical storm warnings up. Um, if you go back and look at the graphics archives, this thing did a hard left 90-degree turn, and then about three hours later did a hard right 90-degree turn, and then came ashore. So it was very strange to watch you know, the pattern of this thing move. Well, and that's what's always fascinating to me is when it, it does that. It's not a gradual you know, float over here, float over there. It's like a uh, hard left, uh, hard right. right. Just like, you know, who's steering this thing? Right. And again, you know, without it being really symmetrical, I'm sure that the Hurricane Hunters and the National Hurricane Center and NOAA were having really kind of a tough time probably pinpointing where the exact center of the storm was. And so when you get these random little jogs, when you don't have a defined eye or don't really have a defined center, it's tough to find. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. There he was. And he, I like, I think it's fascinating the storms that just form over the Gulf. You know what I mean? Right. It just seems like they just come out of nowhere to me. And, you know, because like ones that come off Africa, I mean, those are thunderstorms that just, right. you know, get the fuel they need. But the ones that are just like, oh, nothing. And then poof right. in the Gulf, I just think is very fascinating. Yep. They get that quick, that quick burst of energy. They form and then boom, you know, they're there and then they leave. But uh, impressive to see. Nonetheless, wind, waves. Um, right now there's nothing out there in the Atlantic. Um, NHC says nothing expected to form in the next, 
you know, 48 hours to five days. So uh, 48 hours will explain. We look at the Eastern Pacific, same thing, nothing. And the Central Pacific, yeah, there's just one disturbance. Chances are uh, 30% that's going to form in the next 30 days. Uh, it is about 1,000 miles to the southeast of Hawaii and not expected to uh, move anywhere. So it's moving west-northwest near 10. Um, it's 1,000 miles from Hilo, Hawaii. Like I said, moving west-northwest, unlikely to affect the Hawaiian Islands. But uh, other than that, not much happening. It's pretty quiet for now. For now, you think there's still more to come? Yeah, I think I think we have probably one or two more waves to come off of Africa or we get the formation in the Gulf. Um, it's that time of year where we're looking at, you know, where we can get storms. There's not a whole lot happening. Um, I mean, if you look at the 2 o'clock Eastern um, outlook from NHC, set for the North Atlantic, Caribbean Sea, Gulf of Mexico, tropical for, uh, cyclone formation is not expected during the next five days. Yeah. So, and we're coming towards the end, right? Yes, Hurricane we are. season ends the first of November, right? Correct. November first. Uh, let me double check this because we were actually off by a month when we talked last week. But uh, yeah, hurricane season I believe is June first through November thirtieth. So we have just about a month to go. Well, we will see what happens. I guess a month is still a lot of time, but I mean, yeah, this will be peak. Now we're moving into winter, and we're kind of starting to cool off around here a little bit. Right. And, you know, we've looked at that chart and we've all seen the chart about when, you know, the hurricane season peaks. Um, and, you know, as we get into October, it's we have a, usually a monthly average of three storms, usually about one and a quarter hurricanes and just over or just about two tropical storms. And then we get to November where we average one storm. And that's based <laughs> on the average from 1851 to 2017. So and then once we get to December, it's pretty zero. So. It's not unlikely, but it's also not likely. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> right, which is actually a very perfect transition into what we want to talk about next with things being likely and unlikely. Bonnie, Noah issued the 2019-2020 winter outlook this past week. And man, it's a crapshoots of a third. <laughs> well, I'm seeing if I if I remembering what I'm seeing is that it's going to be above average temps around my neck of the woods. Correct. And so lastly, like, right. So last Thursday, like we said, no issue, the 2019, 2020 winter outlook for the U S with no signs of definitive El Nino or La Nina signal yeah. present, which also means enter neutral or as we call it around here, La Nada. <laughs> not, not a whole lot of anything. So that's what we call it. La Nada. Uh, the forecast for the winter, according to NOAA, is as follows. Temperatures will be above average for most of the U.S. with the exception of the Upper Plains and Western Great Lakes region. Precipitation, increased precip expected for the Upper Plains, Great Lakes region, and stretching into the northern portions of the Appalachian Mountains. Below average precip is expected in... Uh, uh, below average precip expected in Western California and much of South Texas, Louisiana, and parts of southeastern Oklahoma, southern Arkansas, and western Mississippi, with everybody else being in that one-third average precip range. So, um, yeah, for you, probably warmer than normal, same for me up here in the northwest. Um, you guys will be, you're in the average precip area, just to your southeast is below, uh, and then up here in the northwest, we're just in equal chances. Well, 
what a bummer of a winter outlook because I want it to be a little bit cold and I would like some winter precip action, but you know, whatever. I'll just complain about it for the next several months. Right. <laughs> so come on back next week to the weather podcast. <laughs> right. Cause things could change and probably will, but you know, right. I know that we joking say it's, you know, the, it's Enso neutral, which means, you know, there's no definitive signal if it's going to be La Nina or El Nino. Uh, I Like I said, we like to call it La Nada because there's just <laughs> nothing the happening. It's the best thing I've ever heard. And, oh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it, you know, we make up a Spanish word, and it, it, it's applied to winter weather forecasting. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of the, one of those things where without that, you know, definitive signal of what they think really is going to happen, and I think it's a crapshoot. So while I think that they're saying that most of the country will be in above average, I've seen years that are like this where we get dumped on in snow and we stay relatively cold. Um, there are some current signals. If you go and look at uh, the temperature outlook for the next, you know, whatever it is, like three to uh, eight days, most of the U.S. is going to be significantly below average. Yeah. Where there are some areas here on the Pacific Northwest, we're under this ridge of high pressure now where our temperatures will probably be inflated a little bit. Um, until yesterday, we were running at the second coldest October since like 1957. But because now we're in this high pressure, um, under this high pressure, uh, chances are that number won't hold and we'll be back into a more normal October. But, I mean, again, all it takes is one pattern shift and everything changes. Yeah, exactly. And so this is an outlook for several months. So that can change as we progress through the season. So it's really not an end-all, be-all. It's not gospel. It's just kind of a rough estimate of what the winter may hold. But like you said, it could change. Exactly. And Noah will update this forecast two other times uh, throughout the course of the winter. Again, they believe winter, you know, meteorological winter is, you know, uh, December, January, February. And so, you know, we look at that now and, okay, we're getting to that point. We're getting close, right? We're almost to November, uh, last month of fall. We're starting to make the transition from some areas. Some areas have already seen that seen that transition and made it into winter. But uh, it's one of those things where we just kind of watch and wait and see what happens. And, again, all it takes is one pattern swing, and you guys are looking at a major snowstorm or ice storm, and there goes your winter outlook. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll just take each week as it comes and just see what happens. Um, so, yay. <laughs> it's exciting. I can't wait. I'm ready for winter. We have our annual, we have the 27th annual winter weather forecast conference coming up for the Oregon AMS on Saturday. Um, fully prepared for it. Can't wait. Uh, I have my raffle tickets. I have my two thermometers and rain gauge that I'm going to be contributing to the raffle group. Uh, we're raffling away a weather station. Um, $350 gift card for a hotel room at the Oregon coast. Good for usually wow. one or two nights. Um, bunch of calendars, some other cool prizes. So we have three speakers that will do their forecast. We'll have somebody from the national weather service do theirs. Um, we're going to have, uh, a forecaster from one of the, uh, intertribal commissions do his forecast, which is always interesting. And then uh, one of the meteorologists from the CBS affiliate, Kelly Bain, or, uh, Kelly Bayern, is going to do her uh, forecast. So uh, excited to see her do that. Uh, first time for her presenting to the group, so it'll be cool. But yeah, we're expecting about 350 people. So it's going to be a fun day on Saturday. Excellent. That sounds so awesome. Um, Saturday is going to be exciting down here as well. It is the National Weather Festival at Yay. the Weather Center in Norman. Are you going to go? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Even though I go like every year. <laughs> you should though it's, it's still good. awesome 
You should though. It's, it's good. It's always awesome. And they have, they give, you know, the tours of the center. Um, one floor has activities for kids. There's always candy and stuff because it's around Halloween. All the weather people from all the stations will be out there with their choppers and their chase vehicles. Um, Reed Timmer will be out there. He's always out there with the Dominator and his dogs. And he's usually dressed up as something for Halloween. Um, the Weather Friends, which is just a group of college students out of the School of Meteorology who are dressed up as different things like just derecho and, and different things. All their characters oh, are like it. a different weather phenomenon. So uh, it's free. So if you live around this area, it is free from 10 to 2 at the Weather Center in Norman. I will be there. I'll take pictures. I'm pretty pumped. Uh, you got to get DP <laughs> to show up and be like, hey, we want you on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I absolutely will. I'll be like, yo, David Payne. Yeah, just make a time. I know that when he when he can. So I don't know, maybe when you guys have another blue sky day. And yeah. He can fit in an hour and we can tape an interview with him. We're, we want to do that. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, I'll definitely uh, see if I can. Right. And maybe even sweet talk read into hopping on the podcast with us. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Dr. Timmer. Okay, now my, you're asking my, me to do a lot. <laughs> my, my bad, Dr. Timmer. Oh, yeah. Yep, Dr. Timmer. You know, he was down at um, one of the, I think it was an OU scan or an OU owl meeting. Okay. And it was, this meeting was open, though, to the public because he was speaking at it. And this happened several months ago. Um, but it was really, really good. He good. It was a really good little lecture that he gave with a lot of video and picture and stories and Talking about how it took him 17 years to complete his PhD and all this stuff. And that made me feel better about different things. But, right. <laughs> but yeah, so that just tells you right there, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you can still get what you want, even if it takes 17 years. So, right. but Timmer's good people. And like I said, the Dominator will be out there. I don't know which one, the one, two, three, four, 17. I don't know. I don't know how many <laughs> Dominators there's been. <laughs> Dominator 47. <laughs> right. So one or all will be out there for sure. Um, and then all the choppers, which is always cool. And then, of course, they also have a little museum out there, which I don't know if that's going to be free on Saturday or not, but it's definitely a good one to go to, whether it's free or not. Um, they also have other emergency vehicles out there, like Perfect. ambulance, fire trucks, stuff like that. So oh, that's so cool. It's always a good time. Always. All right. What do you guys have coming up weather wise forecast wise? <laughs> Well, we are hovering around the low 70s, um, 40s, 50s for lows. Um, we have a pretty significant cold front coming through on Thursday that'll give us some rain chances and drop us down into 50s for highs. So it'll be a little chilly. Um, I think Saturday the high is going to be in the 60s, so at least it won't be frigid, but it'll be a little bit nippy. Well, not too bad. Yeah. It could be worse. We'll take it. Um, up here, like I said, we're under this high-pressure system, and it's not going to really budge much. So temperatures are going to be in the low 60s, um, partly cloudy. Temperatures at night kind of drop down into the chilly category, upper 40s. or sorry, lower 40s, maybe upper 30s. Um, there is some thought that if we get through this, uh, this actual physical week without any rain, we won't see any rain into the weekend. So uh, my, the forecast conference looks good. Uh, like I said, excited for that. We have a guest speaker, Dr. Cliff Mass from the University of Washington is going to come down and actually uh, speak for 45 minutes before we get into the weather forecasts. So a little bit different, but also the same. So we're excited for that. Um, do you remember the old weather channel stuff? You know, when you used to watch the local on the 8s, they had the, the funky like blue graphics. With, yeah. Yeah. So that program is called Weather Star. There is a, an available download for anybody that wants it out on the internet. Oh. So. 
I have a copy of it, and I run different little simulations of it. So we're making one for the presentation at OMSI, which is the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. It's where we've had this meeting for, gosh, at least 20 years, probably more of the 27 that we've done to this. And so it's great. They have this giant room, and we fill it up. And so we'll be running this graphics package up on the screen as people come in and then after individual speakers come up. And so it'll just be kind of, you know, just a throwback to, like, you know, the mid-'90s when we had those fun days of, you know, watching the Weather Channel. We all enjoyed the local on the 8s with the really interesting graphics. So, Right. And, you know, you don't realize that you're going to miss that stuff until you do. And it's like it's it's very nostalgic to have that and see that again. Yep. And it's like, oh, that's what happened when I was little. And it's nice. <laughs> right. And if, you, if you're not sure what we're talking about, if you hop on Instagram and go to at Weather Podcast, we have a photo of it up there. We posted a little bit ago um, of just, you know, that that just – just the basic, the, the warmness, right? The warm feeling that we all enjoy of <laughs> of doing that. So, Those were the days. I mean, these days are good, too. Um, they're actually going to have also a green screen. I, one of the oh, weather perfect. stations always sets up a green screen that they the kids can get in front of and point and do all different things, and that's always fun. So I love it. And, I'm of course, they'll be handing out knickknacks, like, you know, swag from all the stations, pins, and stuff so right i just believe i'm gonna load up on all of that <laughs> you have to you absolutely have to right right for real <laughs> right oh you have to though uh national weather center what are they on twitter because i know they have there it is nwc norman tweets do 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 uh all right so i'm retweeting this because i want to retweet from that retweet with comments Come meet Bonnie. <laughs> Good luck picking me out. I'll be there, but right? you know, I'm not gonna have like a hat on or anything. But <laughs> yeah, unfortunately our t shirts aren't done yet. <laughs> right. I just said come meet Bonnie this weekend. laugh out loud. All right. <laughs> That's funny. Um but you know, it's it's good. I love when, you know, communities we all get together and we do this type of stuff because I think it's important. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's important to bring in the public so that they can just kind of see some of the inner workings of what goes on and how warnings are issued and where they're issued. And, you know, it kind of puts a place and a face to what goes on behind the scenes. Yep, it's true. And the fact I mean, listen, if you I, I got to tour the National Weather Center by myself on a Sunday. OK, they probably shouldn't let me in, but they did. I was wearing an Oklahoma T-shirt. It's like, oh, he must be a student. OK, cool. <laughs> uh, but I just walked around and it was absolutely fantastic. It was cool. It was cool to see. It is. And the best floor of that building is, I think it's the eighth floor. I really don't know the number, Observation but it's called deck. the observatory. Yep. Yes. And it is so good. You can see so far. Thank you, Oklahoma, for being flat. But you can see so far. And so, and you can see all the way around, too. Yes, so you can. If there's storms coming in from any direction, you get up there on that, that level and you can see everything happening it's it's nice it's it's the best right people do their homework up there the students at ou get to go up there and sit up there and do their homework like how it doesn't get much better than that it really doesn't and you know i will say this the flying cow cafe which was closed when i was there on a sunday that's pretty legit as well you get to see the different models of toto and dorothy and whatever dot five uh, you know, the portable tornado instrument packs that we've tried to use in real life and in fiction, a.k.a. Twister. Um, yeah. 
Pretty Store legit to see. Centers there, oh, yeah. everything. So you'll get to see National Weather Center's library. So yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome. I definitely recommend going if you live around this area. I don't know how many of our listeners do, but you know, like you said, I'll be there. Yep. I'll be the biggest dork in the building. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a badge you wear with honor. Exactly. Exactly. Can't wait. It's gonna be awesome, Bonnie. Another great episode of B Squared. I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, and we watch. We tune another episode here what in the next four or five days so uh yeah. yeah double the fun double the time so we love it yes we do uh i will chat with you on sunday but again have fun on saturday i can't wait for saturday personally it's gonna be a lot of fun um i'd love just to sit in the back of the room and listen to the tv weather guys gossip about each other that's a lot of fun to me <laughs> so <laughs> Right. It's always good. It's always good. But we'll have a lot to talk about on Sunday. Yes, we will. Take lots of pictures. Take lots of pictures. For sure. Can't wait. Well, like I said, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys very soon. Bye.